What is up guys, it's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's eat. Before we get into today's show, I want to tell you about Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't heard of Thrive Fantasy, it's a daily fantasy sports app for player props. I've been checking it out and it's a lot of fun and I've already won some cash. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. They have props for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. And depending on the sport, you select 5 or 10 prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. And here's the best part. Use promo code YARDSPER, that's all one word, YARDSPER, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus for your first deposit of $20 or more. Download the Thrive Fantasy app or visit their website at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, so we've talked about identifying breakout running backs and guys in the middle and later rounds on a couple of episodes now. I went into great detail about it in episode 6 when I talked about the 0RB draft strategy. And I talked about it again on last week's show in my Antonio Gibson discussion. So we know what we're looking for, but we haven't yet gone into which specific backs meet the criteria for 2020. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Let's start with Kareem Hunt. I wrote about Hunt in Yards for Fantasy, declaring him the ultimate 0RB target. He's elite in the passing game, as we saw during his time in Kansas City where he caught more than 50 passes in 2018. And Hunt was the primary pass catching back in Cleveland last year once he returned from suspension in Week 10. Nick Chubb was dominating the touches in weeks 1-9 through nine without Hunt, enjoying a 12% target share. But when Hunt entered the picture, the number dropped to 5%. Hunt came in and averaged 5.6 targets per game over the final 8 games, garnering more than a 75% share of the backfield receiving work over that span. Hunt proved to have standalone value while he and Chubb split snaps almost equally upon his return. Hunt was PPR running back 24 from weeks 10 through 17. I talked more about the Cleveland backfield in episode 2. Go check that one out. When identifying 0RB targets, we want to find guys with that league winner ceiling. Hunt has that. But what Hunt also has that most other backs around his ADP and later don't is the floor. We can start Hunt week to week even without a Chubb injury and we know we're getting to a safe, RB2 or RB3 performance. That makes him so much more valuable. And Hunt's ceiling is as high as it gets. If Chubb goes down, Hunt will slide into a massive opportunity share. He would have the backfield to himself, absorbing all the carries, receptions, and touchdowns. Hunt would instantly become a top 5 running back. We don't even have to assume that he can do it. We've seen it from him already. The boxes he checks over that criteria that I talked about on episode 6 and on the Antonio Gibson episode, Hunt checks the standalone value, athletic, pass catcher, touchdown upside, and a good offense. How about Keyshawn Vaughn? I'm certainly not, a high, not as high on him as I was about a month ago, but he still fits the mold of a breakout candidate. Vaughn was a fast riser after going to the Bucks on day two. 
the hype since has cooled as the scales have seemed to tilt back in favor of the incumbent Ronald Jones. But are we sure Jones can be the guy? I know he bulked up and looked good at times last year, but he's not very good in the passing game and he feels like he's one bad game or one mistake away from the doghouse. Just imagine, Jones dropping a pass in a key situation or fumbling. Or worse of all, fucking up a blitz pickup and getting Tom Brady sacked. Jones goes to the bench and in comes Keyshawn Vaughn. And Vaughn is everything Jones enthusiasts always wanted Jones to be. He's a true three-down back with a 74th percentile speed score and the size to be the workhorse in Tom Brady's offense. He, he accumulated 2,272 yards from scrimmage and 24 touchdowns over the last two seasons at Vanderbilt. His 40.4% 90th percentile college dominator rating was second best in the 2020 class. It's easy to see how the more talented Vaughn can earn a significant role in year one while supplanting the two-down plotter and second-round bust Ronald Jones. He has a clear path to RB2 value if he does. The boxes he checks are ambiguous backfield, standalone value, athletic, pass catcher, touchdown upside, and good offense. Thanks to a strong finish to the 2019 season, Raheem Moster is being drafted many rounds ahead of Tevin Coleman. Yes, that's right. Tevin Coleman is next on the list. It's too far, though. Moster is being overvalued because he scored a bunch of touchdowns late in the season, and that's what fantasy gamers remember. But what we need to realize is Moster is a late breakout who spent most of his career as a special teamer. I mean, it only took you till your seventh team to actually become relevant. Congratulations, Raheem. And he isn't a pass catcher either. Mostert had a target share greater than 10% just twice last season, while Coleman, who has a history of, history of being a quality receiver, doubled that total. The 49ers will naturally see more pass volume in 2020, which will only play into Coleman's favor. The only reason we saw Mostert get an opportunity last year was because Coleman was injured with an ankle sprain in week one. Upon his return, Coleman was the RB10 in weeks 5-12. through 12. He received double-digit carries in seven of those eight games and scored seven total touchdowns during that span. And Coleman was the man the Niners trusted in their backfield when it counted. He was the clear RB1, totaling 105 yards and two touchdowns in the divisional round before injuring his shoulder early in the NFC Championship game. With Matt Breda no longer on the team, there will be more opportunities available, especially in the passing game. It's easy to see a scenario where Coleman returns to the top spot atop the depth chart in San Francisco. Yet, the ADPs of Moser and Coleman are not reflective of that. The gap should at least be closer. As it stands now, the opportunity cost of drafting Coleman in the 11th round is far less than selecting Moser in the 4th or 5th. The boxes Coleman checks is ambiguous backfield, standalone value, athletic, pass catcher, and good offense. Who's next? How about Tariq Cohen? Cohen was the talk of the town after his impressive 2018 campaign. He went over 1,100 total yards and was named a first-team All-Pro as a returner that season. He finished as the RB14 in fantasy points per game. But 2019 was a letdown. He saw his points per game average drop from 14.6 to 10.1. A big part of that was his touchdown total front fell from 8 to 3 while playing in a poor Bears offense. But Cohen wasn't as bad as advertised. He was targeted 104 times, which is number 3 in the league, and is only behind Christian McCaffrey, James White, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon Barkley in targets, 
over the last two seasons. Cohen turned those targets into 79 receptions for 456 yards. The possibility of Nick Foles taking over at quarterback in Chicago only helps the case for Cohen. With Foles under center in Jacksonville last season, Leonard Fournette averaged 9 targets per game, so we know he'll target his backs. And the offense will be more efficient than it was under Trubisky. Cohen's role in Chicago, which earned him a top 20 rank in weighted opportunities, isn't going away. The Bears are desperate for explosive weapons and David Montgomery offers no threat to his passing downs role. With his 4-4-2 speed and amazing ability to make defenders miss, Cohen will continue to be a threat to score every time he touches the ball. We know he can put up big fantasy weeks, but as is the case with most backs like Cohen or James White, they're really better best ball backs than traditional seasonal leagues due to their weekly volatility and unpredictable nature of their roles. Cohen has scored as an RB1 or RB2 50% of the time over the last two years. He has never finished lower than the RB27 and yet is being drafted as the RB47 on underdog. A healthy Cohen is a lock to beat that draft position. The boxes he checks are standalone value, pass catcher, and he's athletic. But that's going to be a wrap for part one of this two-part series. Look for part two later this week as I will dig deeper to find those guys in the double-digit rounds to target. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at Yards Per. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really helps me out a lot and is much appreciated. Thanks, guys. Cue that music. We'll be right back.